was I the only one that like for the first week or two months of the pandemic I, in 2020 I was that was sharing like three or four different churches live streams on Sundays. Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And today we're going to continue to talk about the pandemic. We took a break last week with my brother being on the show to talk about worship ministry. If you go back two weeks ago, I was talking to our good friend, Pastor Will Rose, about three things that he learned about ministry through the pandemic. Today, I'm going to be reflecting on... Uh, Bob Whitesell's, sorry if I mispronounced your name, Mr. Bob, Bob Whitesell's book, Growing the Post-Pandemic Church. This was one of the books I had to read for class, and this is what I thought about it. It was good. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. No. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, so... For those of you who are new around these parts, uh, My Seminary Life is a show where I talk about the stuff that I'm studying in grad school, and I'm currently in a class called Local Church Ministry. And on uh, during the class, we're focusing on subjects that are uh, very current to the church. So like I said, two weeks ago, Pastor Will was here to talk about uh, the pandemic, how it affected his ministry, what he learned about ministry from the pandemic. Today, we're going to be talking about growing the church in the post-pandemic world, post-2020 world. That's really what we mean by post-pandemic. We mean that the year of 2020 is over. Growing the church in the post-pandemic world is our focus this week. We talked about generational ministry, how to think about how to minister to people from different generations, and that feels like forever ago that episode was. And then last week, my brother, who served as a worship leader for several years and is now kind of a freelance musician for worship, uh, he was on the show to talk about that because ministry, or worship ministry it's kind of like an ongoing, ever-changing conversation, kind of like how 2020 was of it just being an ongoing, ever-changing conversation about how we do life now. So buckle up. Here's some more pandemic conversations for you. By the way, I've noticed that some uh, some podcast platforms have tagged the last episode with like, a, if you need more information about COVID-19, which it doesn't bother me, but the, when I the first time I noticed it on Spotify, I was like, "What is this thing?" So that's what we're going to talk about today. Is uh, I'm going to be reflecting on this book and uh, why I think you should read it because I think you should read this one. I'm I'm pretty happy. We're we're breaking even on this whole uh, book review thing. We've I've reviewed four books specifically here on the show over the past two years. The most recent one being the book that by far is the book that you need to read. Um, Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. That was a really good read. Um, there was also an episode where I didn't talk about just one book. I talked about four, giving you my thoughts on all of the books I had to read for the leadership class. Today, we're going to talk about one book in particular. Before we get into that, I would like to make a few announcements before we get to the end when I make all of the announcements. A few very pressing announcements. Number one, this coming Monday is another live stream hangout. This one is because we hit the downloads goal for a third time before the two-year anniversary special. We're going to do a live stream hangout this time because the the other way we have been celebrating through the month-long sale 
and the weekly bonus episodes, it's harder for me to keep up with. It's harder for me to keep up with the bonus episodes. And as we have all learned, spring can be a little particular on the whole promo code thing. So we're going to do these live streams now, which the first one, even though I was incredibly late to my own party, had a really good turnout and had quite a few views even afterwards. I was I was pleasantly surprised. So this seems to be a thing people like. So we're going to keep doing it. Uh, so that's this Monday. It's gonna it's an event on Facebook. So if you are not following the show on Facebook, uh, make sure you head on over there at My Seminary Life Pod. Just search My Seminary Life. It should come right up. If you know what the logo looks like, hit follow. And then uh, the event is pinned, so you can hit interested, going, whatever. Also, if you are not if you're not following the show specifically on inst on not Instagram. Specifically on Spotify, if you're not following the show specifically on Spotify and you don't have a like a main podcast provider yet that you use, please consider following the show on Spotify then because Anchor is changing how they do their ad ambassador program. And in this revamping that they're doing it, I'm no longer going to be able to be qualified to run ads for anchor and it's because i don't have enough followers on spotify spotify owns anchor um so if you need if if you are not using a specific platform and you have an, a spotify account please consider subscribing over there i guess if you do use apple and but you also like Spotify, like you use it for other things. If you just want to help hit, just follow the show over there. I don't think you actually have to listen. I just need more followers to be honest. So please consider doing that. March 20th is the cutoff. So um, I, I know nobody likes listening to ads, but I know nobody likes listening to ads, but um, you know, ads, ad revenue is the easiest, most consistent way that the show pulls in revenue so please if you would like to help out please do um and for those of you who already are subscribed on spotify thanks you're helpful okay those are the two very important announcements up front done moving on let's talk about growing the post-pandemic church i would really recommend this book if anything because of its readability i would say it's one of the easiest books that I have had to read in seminary. It was so easy. I read it and wrote the paper in a day. <laughs> like it's it's a pretty short, pretty flexible read. I'm not sure exactly like how big it is because I had it on Kindle Reader and it was one of those books where you could only look at it by locations so i don't actually know how many pages are in this book because apparently you don't have to actually put in page numbers on kindle i looked i couldn't change it to just page numbers i promise so i'm not but it's it's a short read and it's very readable as well this is one of those books that like anybody could pick up and read. I'm a big fan of the book uh, Autopsy of a, of a Deceased Church by Tom Rainer for many reasons. And one of those is that it is packaged like a coffee table book and it's almost as readable as a coffee table book. I really like that book. Um, that's just one of the many reasons. The same with this book, P Growing the Post-Pandemic Church. It is a very readable book. If I could summarize it into 
a few thoughts, a few through lines that go throughout this book is that the churches that are going to survive in this new world that we are living in post-pandemically are going to be the ones that are small or are small groups. So house churches, he also talked about cafe churches and pub churches, which I don't know where there are pub churches, but uh, I would like an invite. Thank you. Actually, cafe churches sound pretty cool, too. Um, Diner. Can we have like diner? Can we have an IHOP church, please? Anyway, small churches that focus on small group ministry or are these small church size congregations, house churches, pub churches, cafe churches. Those are the ones that are going to thrive the most post-pandemically. He comes back to the value of small group community. I'm just going to use that to talk about all of those things. Small group context, small group community. He comes back to that over and over and over again. These are the churches that are going to survive post-pandemically. And it's for a number of reasons. One of them is obviously because that checks the box that box that we were all craving the most during the pandemic of intimacy, of being around other people, of, you know, fellowship, community, whatever whatever word you want to use and abuse, like that's we needed people. You know, and it's these smaller group contexts that um, where you can't as easily fall into the crowd and become invisible that you can connect with people and be relational. Another big factor that comes up for this and also why he thinks uh, larger churches, multi-site churches uh, particularly, are going to struggle during this new phase is finances. smaller churches, small group contacts, have a smaller budget, <laughs> naturally, and rather than multi-site churches. And um, <clears throat> the, it, the economy hasn't really gotten that much better since 2020. Um, continues to have a lot of issues here and there. Can you, although, can you remember like during the early days of the pam- pandemic, how cheap gas was because nobody was out. So like gas prices like dropped amazingly. Then it like skyrocketed and now we're finally starting to level out a little bit. But <laughs> but yeah, finance, uh, you know, the economy is not great. Finances are tight. And so another win towards the smaller group context is the fact that their overhead is a lot smaller, easier, um, more attainable than larger churches. Another through line throughout this book is what he calls the E-Reformation. We are now in the E-Reformation, apparently. So we were probably on this, we were definitely on this trajectory either way because of how technology advances. But COVID, as Pastor Will talked about two weeks ago, forced a lot of churches' hands to finally stop procrastinating and integrate integrate more technology into their ministry. Live streaming has become part of that list of like, basically every church needs to have this now. Website, Facebook, Instagram, um, and a platform that they live stream onto, whether that's YouTube or Facebook Live. This is just a part of church ministry now. Zoom was also 
used a lot during the early uh, early days of the pandemic. Bible studies, book clubs, trivia nights all being ran through Zoom. And do you remember how awkward it was? <laughs> so to Weissel's perspective, in this new world, the church needs to continue to integrate more technology, embrace technology in a healthier way, or else people are going to find those online communities elsewhere. And this is one of those points where, and I talked about this in my paper, and I think also in a forum post in class, is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for technology, obviously. I'm talking into a microphone. It's going into my computer, sound waves or something, and then it's going to be converted into an RSS feed, which I'm still not even quite sure what that is. And then it's going to go out onto these platforms where my brother-in-law in Germany can listen to this show and like, you know, people in other countries and other states can listen to this instead of where in reality, I'm just sitting in my laundry room and Claire's playing a Lego video game in the other room and probably laughing to herself as she hears me talk. Like that, I can hear her laugh. Like, technology is is a great and good thing. Like, I'm not necessarily anti-technology. But I am worried that as we enter this E-Reformation, as White Soul calls it, that uh, we're going to forget the biggest lesson I learned from the pandemic. You know, Pastor Will talked about the three things he learned. One of the things I learned about life, I guess, is that even for the most introverted among us, we need people. We need, you know, I'm a very introverted person, and I I learned quite quickly that uh, quarantine wasn't going to be fun, you know? The novelty of live streaming several different church services on Sundays and the Zoom Bible study and trivia nights, like, yeah, it was was novel at first, and it, it was better than nothing, but it was also better than nothing like like we it it, it could be better like, <laughs> like and being in that shared physical space that is what we were truly craving you know to be able to look at my family we had like a family zoom meeting i think it was almost every week with my in-laws like it was nice to see them because i don't get to see all of them all the time but I think the biggest lesson I learned from the pandemic is that we need to be in those shared physical spaces. And churches like to throw things against the wall and hope that they stick a lot. Either we're scared to try new things or we're constantly trying new things. And I'm really worried as we are embracing more and more this digital media, this uh, e-reformation, that uh, we're going to we're going to forget that lesson, and we are going to normalize distance in a way that we shouldn't. You know, I, I think a lot of this from White Soul's perspective. This book came out during 2020, and I will say it. He's pretty accurate about a lot of the stuff he talks about. Um, thinking forward given the context of what's going on. There was one thing that I was like, no, I'll come back to that if I remember. But um, like, I think as we are in this, as Wetzel is talking about this stuff, you know, 
I'm worried that we are going to normalize distance in a way that we shouldn't. We we had to distance ourselves in 2020 because we we didn't know what the virus was going to do. And so the safest, healthiest practice that we could do to keep everyone safe was to distance. And that has, you know, we, we've reintegrated into society again, you know, and I just think that if if churches are going to start grabbing on to, okay, now we need to add this and we need to add this and we need to add this, then they're going to stretch themselves thin first off, but also we're going to normalize distance in a way that is not healthy, that is not good. We need to be in those same shared physical spaces, I think. One thing I have not talked about here on the show for a very long time, and I really should bring up more often, is that I reserve the right to change my mind here on the show. The show is me reflecting about what I've been studying on lately. And um, for those of you who were here last year during the Ministry Administration series, you may remember I did a whole episode on the call for digital media ministry, where I had a very pro digital media e-reformation mindset. This is almost a year ago, almost. We're probably like 10 like 10 months ago probably. Um and I I am reserving the right to change my mind because I have in the past year. I don't think I don't think technology is the end all be all. You know, I I think it is a helpful tool. I think it has more control over us than we really do, if I'm being honest. Um, I have a lot of philosophical thoughts on what technology has done to us that I will reserve for another time. Um, but I, I'm, no, I'm not anti-technology. I'm, I'm pro-technology. I think what I'm more so pro, though, concerning church ministry is prayer and wise reflection in deciding what technology is going to be integrated into the church. Do you really need to cons- to keep offering Zoom Bible studies in small groups? Do you really need to do that? Or are you just offering it just because? Why does a church of 12 people who are, you know, up there in years, why does that church need to make a podcast of their sermons when the the religion's genre is the biggest category, the biggest genre with the fewest listeners and their congregation are a group of people who aren't listening to podcasts anyway? If anything, pull the CD burner back out, you know, like, I, I'm not anti-technology, but I am very much pro thinking and praying these things out. Because I also think, I know another allure of the E-Reformation is this whole wide-reachingness of technology. Like I said earlier, my brother-in-law in Germany can listen to this show, or you know, people in Canada and, you know, Nate down in Uruguay, you know, he listens to the show. Like people all around the world can listen to this show. People watch my reels from all over, you know, like you have this wide ranging reach when it comes to the E Reformation. But if we're all about making disciples and 
people are live streaming your church service who live whatever in you know the other side of this the country and that's their only that's the only way that they participate in your church then are you actually discipling them like i think that's how we need to think about technology how are we utilizing technology post pandemically in the e reformation world to disciple people if we're all about discipling people of Jesus, then how are we utilizing technology to disciple them? And as I continue to look for reasons to justify me having a podcast, this is actually one of the reasons that I'm still doing this. It's because even though it is a digital platform with a large reach of people that I may not never meet, I may never meet you people this side of eternity, that I am, I think the way, what I am covering here to introduce a more intellectual, thought provoking side of Christianity to people is a way to disciple them. Whereas with a church, I think that needs to be more hands on. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Feel free to let me know I'm wrong. Contact the show, email seminarylife at gmail.com and tell me all the ways. I am wrong. That's usually the feedback I get anyway. Well, I think it's time to start wrapping this show up. Uh, like I said, uh, in the end, yes, you should go read Growing the Post-Pandemic Church. If you're, if you're a ministry leader, or really even if you're like a content creator person, uh, the whole like e-reformation stuff is kind of, I think it's relevant towards us as well. But definitely if you're listening to this and you are involved in some form of church ministry house church ministry pub ministry pub church ministry also invite me and read this book um yeah give it a read oh right i was going to share the one thing that i was like no you're wrong about that one so he has these like 12 rules of how church is going to be now in the post-pandemic world and like i said he's writing this book like in 2020 as all of this stuff is unfolding and he was spot on about a lot of it. Like the offering plate has gone away. I, we've been at a church for a few months now that like, they don't even mention offering. Like it's just, it's just in the back and you put it in a box and you go about your, you go find your seat. Like, you know, um, you know, everyone has like that, all these different ways to give, but nobody passes an offering plate anymore. Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Children's spaces are going to be more sanitized. They definitely needed to be anyway. But the one rule that I was like, no, I think at least in my context, I'm curious if other people would agree with this, at least in my context, something that did not continue is uh, he talks about how outdoor services are going to become a more of a mainstay part of church ministry. And that has definitely not been the case in my area. Like some churches already had like a special church service like at the beginning of the summer to like kick off summer time for the church have like an outdoor service but to continually have outdoor services no that has absolutely gone away at least in my context from anybody i've talked to ministry leaders did not enjoy sundays because it was just a lot of 
tear set up and tear down set up and tear down week after week after week in the hot indiana sun and churchgoers did not enjoy outdoor services because of the hot indiana sun in the summer and then the how chilly it gets here in the fall plus i think the whole like outdoor service thing we will have just a negative association with now because of COVID. But who knows? Maybe in your context where the weather is a little bit more timid, like mild or whatever, like maybe that has become part of normal church ministry. But I can say at least here in the Chicagoland region, outdoor services have not stayed. They are not popular around here. Okay, well, let's start wrapping up this episode. Uh, thanks again for listening. Always appreciate you all for listening. Uh, if you would not mind rating and reviewing the show wherever you're listening to, I would really appreciate that. And feel free to pass this episode along to somebody that you think could get something out of it. I've already plugged a lot of stuff. If you head into the description of this episode, you can find links to the My Seminary Life website shop. Pretty soon here, there should be some Fish Friday merch going up on there and also the GoFundMe for conference expenses. At the recording of this episode, I am just shy of 50%. We are almost at the 50% mark a month into this. I'm very thankful for all of you, especially those of you who have donated. If you got a little extra money in your pocket from tax season or a leprechaun, whatever, like feel, please consider donating. This is to help me get down to the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention this May, where I'm doing a series of live episodes. And uh, any money raised in addition to the goal is going to go back into the tr- back into the show or possibly help my family pay rent just depends on what the need is just going to be honest with you all this is a source of income um so yeah i consider donating towards the gofundme i would appreciate it and i will advertise your generosity on social media because you deserve it thank you Yesterday on Fish Fridays, our Lent season series, I talked about how to prepare for Lent. As we go through this, I'm inviting people to just hop into the Lent season wherever they're at. But specifically in this episode, I talk about kind of like having a long-term preparation into uh, Lent because it is a serious adjustment going from enjoying something and then going 40 days without it. So that's what that episode is all about. And that is it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. And remember, theology is for everyone. So keep on studying.